Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Just a minute. Bow down your heads. Our most loving, gracious, and heavenly Father, our heart rejoices whenever we come to you, acknowledging your presence. Not only that, when we come to hear your word, yes, Lord, we wait upon you. Anoint me by your spirit. Anoint every one of us. Give us the attentive ear to hear your word as you want us to be. Let your word has its purpose in our life. And we will glorify you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. It's always my privilege to stand here to speak God's word. And um, actually, I was preparing a message. And when I come across 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, I stuck over there. And then I was uh, meditating from that. It is a very common portion. And uh, many messages we heard from that scripture. But once again, I meditated and I brought that message to you. So here, the, the verse 10, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10 says like this. That's why, it starts, there I start, that's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Why I struck this message in this word, he says, that's why there is something about it. I take pleasure what is the pleasure? What is the pleasure? Why is pleasure? Just see the five things he has mentioned. In my weaknesses, in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles. Is it not a normal thing? It is not a thing that uh, helps us to be Pleasure in the Lord. I have joy. So then I look up what is there. So let us go through from verse 1 onwards. I expect Brother Linden to read it. Chap 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 to 10. Please pay attention to God's word. Watch your Bibles, your own Bibles. Praise. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 to 10. This boasting will do not, no good, but I must go on. I will reluctantly tell about visions and revelations from the Lord. I was caught up in the third heaven 14 years ago. Whether I was in the body or out of the, my body, I don't know. Only God knows. Yes, only God knows whether I was in my body or outside my body, 
but I do know. I was caught up in pa to paradise and I heard things so astounding that they cannot be expressed in words. Things humans is allowed to tell, no human is allowed to tell. I experienced, experience is worth boasting about, but I am not going to do it. I will boast only in my weaknesses. For if I want to boast, I would be no fool to do so because I would be telling the truth. But I won't do it because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what I can see in my life or hear in my message. Even though I, I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and to keep me from becoming proud. Three, three times I begged the Lord to take it away, and each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weaknesses. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, in hardships, in persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Amen. Amen. It is so strange. Even though we heard many messages on this, the center word of the message is Paul's thorn. And repeatedly we heard it. What is the thorn? And that so many interpretations, understanding, explanations, and so on. Here, in uh, verse 7, he says, even though I have received such a wonderful revelation, he tells about the past. He had many revelations and uh, visions. He is not boasting about all those things. He says, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn. Why is the thorn? Not to proud, not to boast about any revelation, any interpretation, anything, because he is the one, he should have heard many visions, many revelations. Nowadays, if someone has something, they are very reluctant to tell, but some other people are there to boast about it. And also, why they boast about it much? Because there are some followers to support them, to encourage them. What is that? Pray for me. Let me know what God reveals to you. I'm praying, but anyhow, you pray. This kind of people, people are there much so that the one God gives vision or revelation, they are boasting about themselves. But Paul is the one who should have, even here, according to him, he entered the third heaven. And God revealed to him many things. And he says, I should not boast. That's why God gave me the thorn. He says, I was given a thorn in my flesh. What is that thorn? So many explanations are there in these days. 
some kind of physical sickness, some diabetes, or so on. Some blindness and many things. But here what he says, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. A messenger from Satan. So, here why it was given and uh, he should not boast. At the same time, God permitted him to have a thorn in his flesh to keep him humble. This is the simplest explanation of the thorn in the flesh. That's what I believe it. That is possible for God or man to give. It was a messenger. As I said, the scripture is very clear. It, you can underline that. An angel of Satan. It is never means we are disease or a physical infirmity. An angel of Satan. One of the spirit which fell from him and followed Paul and buffeted or struck him when he was tempted to become exalted or proud of. Paul lists a couple of things apart from these five things what he has mentioned. That is in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. You can read from 23 to 27. Let us read. 2 Corinthians, same, chapter 11, 23 to 27. Please read, Brother Linda. Chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 23 onwards. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labor, more abundant in stripes and above measure, in prisons more frequently, often death often. From the Jew five times received forty stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of Gentiles, in, in perils of the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils amongst false brethren, in weariness and in toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and in thirst, in fastings often, in cold and in nakedness. Thank you. See, in the big list is there. Is there anywhere anything mentioned about his physical sicknesses? Nothing. Nowhere. So Paul's thorn must be understood in the same sense as further references Numbers 33:55, Ezra 28:24, Hosea chapter 2 verse 6, Joshua 23:13. I will read few for you, Numbers 33, verse 55. But if you do not dry out the inhabitants of the land, those you allow to remain will become bobs in your eyes and thorns in your sides. They will give you trouble in the land where you will live. 
before entering the promised land this should be the the, the condition here it is mentioned about the thorns in your side who are they you know it ezekiel 28 verse 24 no longer will the people of israel have malicious neighbors who are painful braves and sharp thorns then they will know that i am the sovereign lord hosea 266 it is all about the judgment of god after israel's sin the spiritual adultery what he says therefore hosea 26 therefore i will block her path with the thorn bushes i will wall her so that she cannot find a way so what we learn in this in this scriptures god assured paul that this angel of satan was his will that grace would be provider to suffer for all things my grace is sufficient and thirdly that he should learn to depend wholly upon the power of god so this we will understand from verses 8 and 9 of second corinthians 12 so paul learned to glory in his infirmities so that the power of christ could rest upon him that's what we know from 9 and 10 so acts 9 15 to 16 what lord lord reveal about paul to ananias he said the lord said to ananias go this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the gentiles and their kings and to the people of israel verse 16 i will show him how much he must suffer for my name dear children of god suffering no one likes it willingly suffering may come in different forms different ways but here he says i boast about my suffering i am delighted in my weaknesses so the once again the verse uh, the uh, chapter verse 10 12 10 i read it for you from different version please pay attention for it niv first that's why he starts with that's why for christ's sake not for himself not for anybody for christ's sake i delight in weaknesses in insults in hardships in persecutions in difficulties for when i am weak then i am strong see what the kjv says therefore i take pleasure in infirmities other word, uh, term for 
weakness. In reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. One more version. NLT says, see the difference here. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses. Very personally, in my weaknesses. And in the insults, hardships, persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Everything is, even though seems to be common, but the different terminologies used, but is compiled in five terminologies, five stages, or five parts, but all together put, and in one verse, it is called as thorn of Paul. That is his thorn. See the different stages. So we will find there are five stages or points of false thorn and flesh. So why I took this kind of initiative or interest to know? Because different, uh, different uh, uh, explanation or interpretations were given. So initially, what the Greek word says about it, initially. So the, for informity. Greek, asthenia, that means want of strength, weakness, means a moral, mental, or a physical weakness, used of utter helplessness of the body in death. That is totally physical weakness, not disease. It is not a disease. It is a weakness. So 2 Corinthians 13.4 says, For though he was crucified in weaknesses, yet he lives by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God towards you. He speaks about Jesus Christ. He was weak physically before his death. That's kind of weakness, tiredness. So the weakness may be weakness of human nature. Romans 6, 9, 8, 26, Galatians 4, 13, it goes on. Weakness of human ability. And Paul's weakness and helplessness before Satan's angel. That's what we know. And also it is mentioned about chapter no, 11 and 30, 12, 5, 9, 5 onwards. So that is the meaning of infirmity. Otherwise it is a weakness, the physical weakness or a spiritual weakness. Second term, reproaches. In Greek it is called hubris, H-U-B-R-I-S. That means insults, hurts. Acts 27.10 Harm Acts 27.21 Acts 27.21 I will read it for you 
But after long abstains from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete in cure this disaster and loss. He says, without food he was weak. So he was insulted. Third word is needs. In Greek, it is called anakui. A-N-A-G-K-E means necessities. Everyone has us, every one of us. The needs. So it may be the thorn, let us go. Come, Second Corinthians 6, 4 says, But in all things, we command ourselves as ministers of God in much patience, in tribulations, in needs, in distresses. Paul addressing about all the apostles. So they were in needs. It is common as well as to us. Let us come to us later. The fourth word is persecution. The Greek word is diagmos. D-I-O-G-M-O-S. That means persecutions. This deals with verbal or physical attacks, abuse or an injury. That is the persecution. Persecution, nothing to explain, but all of you know. Every day we receive many messages, reports from the missions. And also it was said by Jesus Christ to us, you will have persecutions. But I do not know how many of us face or gone through persecutions in our life. Anyhow, here, Acts 8.1, what he says, at that time, a great persecution arose against the church which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the region of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. This deals with verbal or physical attacks, abuse, or injury. That is the persecution means it. Finally, distresses. The Greek word Stenochoria, S-T-E-N-O-C-H-O-R-I-A. That means distresses. Anxious movement or inescapable problems. Roman 8.35 confirms that. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distresses? or persecutions, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. So these five classes of suffering constitute the buffeting of Paul by the angel of Satan, which was his thorn from this portion. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verses from 1 to 10, especially from 7 to 10. So very often, it is our nature, the inability to understand or realize 
the way that God works through us and with us and in us. This is a very special way God dealt with Paul. And he come out to tell, to encourage what it means to him. How he overcome. How you challenge that. He simply said, I cannot boast about it. And what was his response? What was his action that we are going to sing? What did he say? What it did? When he was going through this kind of persecution or this kind of thorn when he was having constantly in him. So here, the great spiritual power, yet there are many people, yet the presence of nagging thorn is there. He has a great faith. At the same time, he has a weak faith too. So the, the destruction that constantly allowed him to understand and despite the power and the privileges of the crucified life, there was that sense of weaknesses. Here, a thorn of Paul's life, there was Satan to arise, annoy, depress, hurt him, yet the thorn carries with it the evil of pain, but also good pain as well. So here, even the same thing what Job experienced, Job 2.3 says, Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is a none like him on this earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? And still he holds fast to his integrity, although you incited me against him. To destroy him without cause. In one aspect of thorns are the messenger of Satan, repeatedly I am saying, in others, the messenger of God. It is all in who you listen to. Because we need a discerning spirit. Paul did not find fault with God when he was having that thorn. Nor he did sit down and despair. He kept going, moving, driving, reaching, and giving in his pursuit of God. So as I said, as I, as I titled this message, Paul's thorns and its purposes. So the number one what I learned from here, this passage is, the thorns, of course, first of all, how many of you acknowledge or accept or agree with me there are thorns in our life? Still time to you to consider or to agree? How many of us believe that we have thorns in our life? I gave you enough explanation what the thorns means it. It is from original Greek Bible. And there is no other misinterpretation. It is open. 
before you because you have your own Bible with you. Yes, every one of us I can say because some, all of us may fall into one or the other or more categories here. Basically, if anyone doesn't lift your hand, one point is here, the needs. Who can say, I don't have any need in your life? Huh? But you are keeping silent. What does it mean? You don't agree with what Paul says? You don't agree with what I give you explanation? Anyway, it is all up to you. The time will come. So what we are going to do? Let us see. The thorn causes people to pray. What people, Paul said. What did he say? He prayed. He said three times for the same thing. He could not be able to bear. He is weak. He is in need. He is desperate. So it was troubling on and down and on and off. He could not bear. Even though there are many things positively he has blessed with. When you look at his character, there is a big list. But he says, I cannot boast about all those things. Rather, I humble. Why? He prayed. Prayed. Unprayed. What God said? My grace is sufficient for you. So the power of thorn causes men to pray. It was here that Paul was driven to pray by the pain of that thorn. Three times he sought for the deliverance. He prayed persistently until God told him, No, my grace is sufficient for your thorn. Paul prayed specifically, Remove this thing that troubles me. How many of us understand and have the experience of persistent prayer and a specific prayer? Most of us, we know we pray. Prayer, everyone knows. Persistent, specific. To that, God answered this. So, it is not a general prayer, it is a specific prayer. Trouble and distresses to drive us to God instead of away from God. Some people are there, they, they have that kind of attitudes. I'm very sorry to say this and find this kind of people. Whenever they are in trouble, They stop coming to fellowship. They stop coming to church. In the personal life also they don't pray. But what is the right thing? That is the wrong thing. We learn. The right thing is whether you are in good condition or you are having a trouble on overall many troubles, not one trouble. The first thing you are expected is go to the Lord. That's it. So here, the thorn of Paul lead us or causes us or encourages us to pray. 
not a general prayer persistent prayer for a specific thing particular thing so this principle developed uniquely in the book of nehemiah when he prays specifically because of the thorns in his own life so i can just read few verses and move move on to other nehemiah 1:4 to 11 he says prayer was born out of distress of broken wall a broken nation and a broken people 2:4 says prayer came as a result in a response to a favor nehemiah received the attention of the king but did not really know what to ask of him he prayed for god to direct his request nehemiah 4:1 to 6 we learn prayer came as a response to an attack by two wicked enemies 4719 says prayer became a weapon for them the bible declares that the prayer was set as a watch against the enemies nehemiah 5 prayer become instrumental and in institution so it goes on prayer was mixed with the word so in all situation the prayer became an answer to nehemiah and that gave him the victory so i'm not going much details of the rest of the thing just move on to the second thing second point thorn forces us to depend on god first point is thorn of paul or if you have accept with me agree with me you have a thorn in your life it may be internal personal family in your working place with your bosses with your colleagues everywhere satan the angel of satan uses every way every form even within your house sometimes some preachers used to say what is your thorn when the preachers ask they will say immediately my spouse it's quite wrong it may be fun no what the scripture says scripture says god find a suitable person so god knows in our in our uh, uh, wedding he the, the the suitable person god gave but with the experiences what they have without any hesitation some people used to say there is a thorn in my what is the thorn my spouse what mean i don't know but it is wrong but my point is your thorn is around you maybe within your family sometimes whoever stumps once again what is the thorn means it it is a mental disturbance not a physical from the beginning i was saying it is not a disease torturing in your mental no peace other side is no peace restless painful not bearable trouble not necessarily the persecution beating and all other thing of the physical more than the physical it is a spiritual attack in your working place maybe from through your colleagues 
through your bosses. When you go out, there are thorns. That's, that's what I mean it. So, the first thing is for us to pray. Second is here, this thorn helps us to depend on God all the time for everything. So when we are confronted with a problem we can't solve, we have no choice but to go to an outside force to get help overcoming. Some people have this attitude of going to somebody. Maybe another friend, maybe to our bosses. Our dependency in other than God means it is a wrong thing as a Christian, as a believer. Don't look or go behind somebody else, even to other preachers. Anyhow, when we turn to God, we can then appropriate His grace to overcome the problem. Or, God has said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, makes a way to escape for us. What it says, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to men. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Either way, we are forced into a position of dependency on God, greater than what we have heard before. We learn that God hears and answers prayer. We learn that we can actually cannot God and how to do it. Most of the people in the New Testament who received a miracle were desperateable people who got your hold of God. So there is a many things I wanted to share here. Through his thorn, Paul, the union of Jesus and Paul became so much deeper and the fall felt was the fading out and Jesus was more clearly seen in his life. May he, maybe all come to this place. So what you hear, what we understand, what God says, when he prayed the same scripture, uh, verse 10, what he says, um, yeah, uh, sorry, 9. He said, my grace is all you need, not only that, my power works best in weakness. So he says, Paul, I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that, so that the power of Christ can work through me. The power of Christ. So that's why always I used to say, even that Jesus Christ, when he sent his disciples, he has not given anything to them. He gave them only power and authority. So the same power will be given. Jesus, he not only tell Paul, my grace is sufficient to you. More than that, he said, my power is with you. 
So we have to exercise that power. So that will come, that will be uh, possible only with our dependency. Whole dependency. When we depend on God, we can exercise that power. Through that power, you can overcome. You are the overcomer. Amen. Secondly, thirdly, finally, very quickly. The thorns cultivate character. The thorns cultivate character. Quickly, I will read it for you. The presence of that troubling thorn causes men to become shaped in the image of Christ. As outward man perishes, the inward man is renewed day by day. As the outward man perishes, the inward man is renewed. The thorn is a shaping of character. The thorn gives men the understanding of sufficiency of the God's grace. The grace of God is sufficient when friends forsake and enemies pursue. Sufficient to make you strong against ragging synagogue or a shower of stones. The grace is sufficient for excessive labors of body and conflict of soul. And it goes on. To understand the sufficiency of God, the boy's small lunchbox and five loaves and two fishes is sufficient. David only had a small slingshot, but it was sufficient. Moses only had a rod in his hand, but it was sufficient. The widow only had a, just a bit of oil and meal, but it was sufficient. So what is the Paul's character? Paul endures the persecution, persevered in his mission. He called himself a least among the apostles. He was a bold his boldness is always on the increase all other missionaries. He in contentment. That was the character of Paul. He was very much content. He was sincere, so loving. And he is a leader, a strange leader. And he is a leading a leader. And it goes on about the Pauls. So what made him to have this kind of character? The thorn in his life made him. And the thorn led him to develop his character. As a conclusion, so what is your thorn? It may be the thorn of illness or health, like an apostle fall. It may be the thorn of material loss, like a job. It may be a thorn of pride, like a king Nebuchadnezzar. So on and off. So here, the only source is, once again, we should know what is the thorn means it, thorn, thorn of Paul, and uh, what it, what way it helps. One is, what is that? First, now number one leads us to pray. Whenever you have troubles, whenever you feel that there is a thorn in you, pray. Secondly, dependency. A total depend in God. Thirdly, it helps us to develop your character. Let's close our eyes. Gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you for your word. Thank you for the time. Even though we could not able to spend much time to meditate 
but the rest of the things, Spirit of God, you minister to us. As we go back and read the scripture, continue to minister to every one of us. In the mighty and the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, we offer this prayer. Amen. Now, it's a, I'm sorry. Apologies for the last moments. It's a time for us to go to the Lord's table. And uh, as all of us know, and uh, what the Lord's table is, and it is called as a communion. There are different terminologies over here. And uh, the Lord's Supper, communion, and a baking of bread. The elements what kept before us was the bread represent the body of Christ, the wine is represent the blood of Jesus Christ. So how we should take it? There are many things we have to remember. Even though we are in rush up in the timing, please pay attention to his words. First of all, it is a thanksgiving. We should take it with thanksgiving. And uh, it was, Jesus did it, and we have to take, thank God for his life, and also the availability, provisions what is made. Secondly, it is a memorial to remember the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us. Thirdly, it is a proclamation. Proclaim the Lord's death until it comes. That is our future. And whenever we are taking this bread, let us reminded of proclaiming his death. And how long it has to be? Till he comes. And uh, there are uh, conditions. We have to examine ourselves. It should be taken with reverence. We should not be take it in an unworthy manner. And it has to be done with others. You cannot do it by yourselves, between Christians and God, and between uh, us as we are coming together. And it has to be done as early as often as possible. And uh, these are all the things. Keep it in your mind before you come. And uh, as usual, this table is kept prepared for those who are committed their life to Christ, accepted as a Lord and Savior, and testify obedience to the water baptism. And even those who are accepted and obeyed, if you have any guilt in you, it is better not to take part in it, because it should not be taken lightly, or it is not considered as a ritual. It is not ritual, it should not be taken lightly, unless you are led, convinced to take part in this Lord's table, you are free to come. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you once again. Thank you for the bread and wine which kept before us. Bless the wine and the bread. Sanctify it as we are going to part in it. Lord, help us to have it and as you want us to have. Let the blessings be upon every one of us. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. So, as usual, the ministers will minister from here. You have to take it from your, uh, raise up from your seat. You can come in this order. You can disperse from this order. Thank you.
As we drink this cup, we worship you. As we eat this bread, we honor you. And we offer you our lives as you have offered yours for us. We remember all you've done for us. We remember your
us be on our feet. I want you to talk to God. Lord, I partake in today's communion in your blood and in your body. It shall never be in vain in my life. Begin to talk to God. Lord, it shall never be in vain. That you continue to guide me. Even as I pass through many turns of my life, your communion will continue to remind me that your grace is sufficient for me. Talk to God that God should use this communion for you to boast in, his weak, in your weakness. Talk to God that God Almighty will continue to guide you and be with you. As you are partaking in it, whatever will take you away from him, that God Almighty shall take them away in the mighty name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We bless your name. We glorify you for another opportunity that we have had to partake in today's communion. Thank you, Almighty God, for the message that we have had, whatever be the tongues in our life. Father, we pray that it continue to we continue to draw us closer to you in the mighty name of Jesus. We continue to guide us to have the right attitude, the right dependence, to depend on you, the right character that will enable us to reign with you in your kingdom in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, almighty God. We bless your name. Thank you for your son that you have used for us this day. Continue to bless him. The source of the knowledge you have given unto him shall never dry up. In the mighty name of Jesus. We bless him. We bless his family. We bless the work of his hand. We bless the call that you have called him. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, almighty God. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Uh, before we share the grace, I want us to pray. We have a prayer request here. Uh, the father of Sister Malina, his name is Mr. Tony. Is admitted in the hospital right now with chest discomfort. He's currently on oxygen. We can lift our voice as we have prayed for those that involved in accident. We pray here and God is going to answer our prayer. I want you to raise up your hand and decree that whatever is causing discomfort in the chest, the blood of Jesus should remove them right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Begin to pray. Pray that when you order here, it shall be established right in the hospital. In the mighty name of Jesus. Before the close of today, we want to hear testimony. Right now, we want God to through that chest so that the oxygen shall stop. In the mighty name of Jesus. That he will take the natural oxygen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we commit Brother Tony into your hand. He's right now on the hospital bed with oxygen. Father, we pray almighty God that your, your hand of healing, we touch him and we set him free in the mighty name of Jesus. Everything that caused this congested this congestion in his, in his heart, Father, you remove it in the mighty name of Jesus. Let the blood of Jesus wash it away in the mighty name of Jesus. Let your peace reign in the body of your son in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you almighty God. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Brethren, let's share the grace together in fellowship. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, 
and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord. God bless you, and do have a wonderful week. New command outside this door, very briefly.